Aleluia! Amen and amen. Wow, it's such an awesome, awesome privilege to be standing before God's precious people. You know, I do not take this for granted. First of all, I give God all the praise who has qualified me to do this today in his name. And I want to thank God for you for being there to listen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Welcome to Refine 2021. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I believe by now you would have listened to the introductory session to Refined. So... All instructions, I believe, have been noted, and now we can take our flight. So let's settle down on board while we begin to taxi to take our flight. Glory to God. And I tell you, this three months is going to be awesome. I can perceive it already. The presence of God is here. Now let's lift up our hands and worship him, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. The I am that I am, the mighty rock, the mighty king, ancient of days, the God who reigns in the affairs of our lives, our honor, hey, our source, our sustainer. Lord, we worship you. Lord, we give you praise. Lord, we give you glory. Come on, lift up those ends everywhere and worship him. Worship him. The one who alone deserves our worship. <laughs> to bow to any other thing apart from God as a person is to get into idolatry. But we worship God today because we are the called out ones to worship him. And we bow before him. We will never bow to another. Oh, God alone be exalted forever. God alone be praised forever. God alone be God. We acknowledge you, oh God, for who you are. Oh, mighty rock, ancient of days, thank you. Oh, we give you praise and glory. Oh, in Jesus' mighty name, we have worshipped. Everlasting Father, the day is here. This is Refined 2021 platform, and we thank you because you commanded it. Lord, as we go into your word, we ask that that which, oh God, you have proposed in your heart to do with Refined 2021 is established in the name of Jesus. Lord, have your way in this place, in Jesus' name. Let your word have free course in this place. We take authority over every strange spirit that mutilates against the word of God, every strange spirit that tries to work against the ministry of the word, and we declare that nothing can be done against the truth but for the truth. In the name of Jesus, we take charge of this atmosphere, and I seize the atmosphere for Jesus. This atmosphere is inconducive for demonic activities, and no demon will exact influence on this platform. Thank you, Father, because the glory of God is here. The power of God is here. Thank you, Father, for a free atmosphere, for the full expression of your spirit in this place. Thank you because the transformation has started. Thank you because, oh God, encounters have started. Thank you, Father, for opening the understanding of your people in this meeting today. Thank you for light penetrating deep into the hearts of men to give divine illumination and revelation. Lord, we worship you. We give you glory. And so, Father, I yield myself to you. Because I know that it is not by power, human power. It's not by might, human might. But by your spirit, Lord. So, Spirit of God, take over. Let me be, O oh God, a vessel in your hands this evening. Speak, O oh God, through me. Let it be God through me and not me by myself. Because myself without God, I can do nothing. Let your name alone be glorified. In Jesus Christ's holy name, we are afraid. Amen and amen. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Wow. All right. So let's get into Refined for this year. Now, Refined for this year, the curriculum is a little, little different. Glory to God. You know, um, I was working on the curriculum and the Lord said to me, uh, I want to do something new. Hallelujah. So welcome to newness. Glory to God. Welcome to new beginning. Amen. So this year's Refined is going to be starting 
with the topic, the purpose and the plan of God. Hallelujah. The purpose and the plan of God. Amen. All right. It is good for us to have a very good understanding of the purpose of God. You know, there is this common saying that if the purpose of a thing is not known, misuse is inevitable. Hallelujah. A number of human beings are misusing themselves today. Why? Because they do not even understand why they are here on the face of the head. Hallelujah. Purpose gives definition. Purpose activates the consciousness of identity. Amen. When a being loses purpose, it loses essence, the significance of living. Hallelujah. And life becomes as it comes. There is no drive. There is nothing they are driving towards. Glory to God. So it is important for us to come, first of all, before we get into, you know, the in-depth, the God has a lot for us on refined this year. Amen. But he said, let's begin by bringing everyone into the understanding of the purpose and the plan of God. Have you ever wondered that why man in the first place? Amen. Why? Why are we in existence? I mean, you were born, then maybe you grew to age three, four, and just realized that you are you. People called you a name. You know, they, they put the name on you. And for instance, I just, I mean, I, I, I found myself to be called Funke. Everybody called me Funke, and I answered, glory to God. Why exactly are we here? What's this whole essence? What is all this about? Because, see, if the purpose and plan of God is not clear, there is no way that we will not misuse many things. Hallelujah. So let's go back to discover what exactly is life all about. The life of man, the life of animals, the life of God. Why are we in existence? Glory to God. All right, so it starts with the supreme being called God. In the book of Genesis, chapter number 1 and verse 1, Bible says, in the beginning, God. Glory to God. Now, this God, where was he before the beginning? I cannot answer, but I know that he is self-existent. Hallelujah. He does not have beginning. He does not have end. Glory to God. Now, your head may not be able to capture that, but the moment there is illumination in your spirit, you just know it. Hallelujah. And it becomes easy to handle. Hallelujah. So he says, okay, I want, to, I want to create life. You see that? I want to create life. And he began it all by making, I believe, angelic beings. Glory to God. And angelic beings were made to be individuals, but the kind of individuals they are is a little different, you know, from what God wanted to get for man. Hallelujah. And you must understand that. Angels are, are sent, you know, to carry out the will of the Father. They are beings of strength, beings of power. They do not have what we call a free will. Amen. To choose what they want. For angels... They go in a path. The day they go outside that path, they can never return to that path. Hallelujah. And of course, we know the rest of the story. I'm not talking about angels now. So a time came and God said, I want to make a creature like me. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26. He says, let us make man in our own image. Hallelujah. After our likeness, after our likeness, can you imagine, understand how it started? I want to make man in my image and in my likeness. I want him to be like me. I want him to look like me. So what was the whole essence? I want to make a creature that will be like me, that will rule on earth. Just the same way that I rule in heaven. Hallelujah. I want to make these beings. It's like I'm creating an entire, entirely new planet called Earth. So I want to make a being, um, a creature called man, okay? And he will be the ruler on Earth. Why I am the ruler in heaven. 
But watch this. He would not rule on earth against me. He would not rule on earth without me. You see that? So he's going to be a being that we have fellowship, communion with me. You see that? We talk. I can tell him, okay, um, this is it. This is, oh, yeah, yeah, I get it. Then he can go and take it to the next level. Hallelujah. Because I've given him, you know, intellect. I've given him emotions. I've given him even a will to choose. Glory to God. You see that? And God made Hadam on earth. He started out the project. It was a, you know, seven-day vision, the last day for resting. And the first day, he started out. And what he started doing from the first day to the fifth day was to get the earth ready for his creature. His super being called man. Amen. And that was the whole picture. Amen. But that wasn't just it. Now, this man that is created, okay, must go through the test of choosing him. Why? Because at the time man would be created, a contrary kingdom had been formed by the fall of the devil. You realize that the fall of the devil happened before the birth of man. You see that? And so that it will not be said, like, you know, um, I mean, the devil said to God about Job. He said, God was boasting about Job. He said, have you seen Job, my son? Hallelujah. Have you, have you observed him? Amen. And... Um, Job 2 verse 3, the Lord said unto Satan, As thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the head, a perfect man, an upright man, one that feared God, and he eschewed evil, and still he holded fast his integrity, although thou movest me against him to destroy him without cause. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Then the next verse. And Satan answered the Lord and said, Skin for skin, yea, all that a man hath will he give for his life. Now, this was later. This was a discussion later. The first discussion was, you know, um, the devil was asking that this man that you are boasting about, give me one moment with him, he will deny you. Hallelujah. You see that? Give me a moment with him, he will deny you. Glory to God. But the Lord now said to the devil, he said, okay, let's put him to test. So this being called man had to go through a test. So that the devil would not rise and say, you have created a robot, something like that. You feel he, he really believes in you, he understands you. He would go through, let him go, let me just try him. He will deny you, just like it happened for Job. And the devil, of course, you can imagine what it did to Job. It was all about proving if he will still choose God or not. And God planted a garden, hallelujah, and put man in it. And told man, he said, you know what, dress this garden, keep this garden. In the book of Genesis chapter 2, amen. And, you know, verse 15, keep this garden, dress this garden, glory to God. But there are two trees in this garden, in the midst of the garden. One is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Do not eat of it. Amen. For the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. It was just, the tree was there. Now, I, I, like I would say, this tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, if you look at it very well, and you study what happened in the book of Genesis chapter 3, amen, it looks like a tree that will open man up to a dimension. Glory to God of God. Amen. But man could not partake of that tree 
in the form it was at that time. Why? Because it needed to first partake of the tree of life. And that's why, you know, the plan of God to bring man into the Godhead had been a plan from the foundation of the world. Watch this. When God started in the beginning, I'm going to rush this now. He created man. So immediately after the Godhead, the Godhead consists of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Immediately after was man. In the original creation, after man in hierarchy was angels, all right? But now angels are now in two categories. So you have the angels of God and you have angels of darkness. Angels of darkness were down, down, down the hierarchy. And that was how God created it. Because if you read the book of Psalm chapter 8 and verse 5, Bible says that you made man a little lower than Elohim in the original Bible. A little lower than Elohim. In other words, you made him a little lower than God. Translators got this, they felt a little lower. So where will angels be? Why? Because they were translating, you know, as men that had experienced the fall. What I'm trying to say to you is that God had an original plan. And the original plan of God was a big picture. So the original plan of God was to bring God, to bring man into the class of being of God. Never forget that. I will show you. If you study the book of Genesis chapter 3, you will observe something. God told the angels, he said, man has partaken of this tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and they have become like one of us. Have you ever seen that scripture? And the Lord God said, behold, the man has become as what? One of us. To know good and evil. Now, let he put forth his hand and take also the tree of life and eat and live forever. I will sit in this scripture a little. You see that? So what should have happened to man is that this is where God will still bring man to. To be like one of him. One of us here is talking about the Godhead. Hallelujah. The kind of knowledge. But unfortunately, man ate that fruit. He ate it and he ate it in a state. Let me describe it to you. The number one thing was that it was the devil that told him to eat the fruit. And God said, don't eat it. You see that? So who he obeyed was who he submitted himself to. And that would be whose nature he possesses. He chose the devil. So he came into this kind of awareness in a fallen state. Please, are you with me? He came into this kind of awareness in the fall with the nature of the devil. And listen, the nature of the devil was the nature of sin. Coming into this kind of awareness, having eaten, partaking of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was to make him a catastrophe. What should have happened was that he would first of all partake of the tree of life. In other words, he would be a partaker you know, of the nature of God, the life of God, glory to God. Are you listening to me? In his full form, spirit, soul, and body. And in that state, if he partakes of the tree of good, of the knowledge of good and evil, he would not know evil to do evil. He would know evil to judge evil. Praise God. Now, if you look at the Godhead, God is holy. And God said, man is become as one of us. God knows evil apart from good. It's the knowledge of good and evil. True? He knows evil apart from good. Not to partake of evil. He's not subject to evil, but he is to judge evil. Little wonder 
in Christ, when all things are formed, we are coming to judge. You see that? So what God made was actually a super being that was in a state, I would not call it in the complete state as that yet, because Jesus Christ was actually still supposed to come and give, praise God, man of the tree of life. If you study the book of Revelations, Revelations chapter 1, Jesus would say, this particular church, you know, I have noticed, you know, your worship, your love, your deeds, your dad. I have this one thing against you and all that. Then he says, if you have ear, he that hath ear, let him hear. Because to him that overcometh, will I give what? To eat of the tree of life. So in the original plan, the coming of Jesus was not supposed to be to die. Amen. He was not supposed to die or shed his blood because there would have been no sin. But he was still meant to come to give man of the tree of life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So the question is this. What exactly was God up to? God was up to creating another being that would be exactly like him. Amen. Bring them into the God kind. Little wonder Bible says, I have, have I not said that ye are gods? Amen. But at the creation of man, just because man was created in the image of God and in his likeness, the devil got hungry. And why was he angry? You need to understand it. The devil was angry because he felt that God created man to replace him in glory. Time will not permit me to go there now. Okay? Because the devil was actually created as a glorious angel in that, in that sense. But he fell. He lost that place and immediately God said, your end is eternal judgment. The devil took a vow. I'm not going into that judgment. I'm not going into, you know, that lake of fire alone. I'm going with your super beings. So that is why man, the life of man is like the battlefield. God has a glorious plan for man. The devil has a terrible plan for man because he is angry and he's like, I'm taking man to where I am going. He knows his hand already. Nothing can be done against it. Angels don't repent. I mean, nothing can be done about that. Angels don't repent. He knows his hand already. Glory to God. So, either black, white, Hindu, Asian, African, you know, American, the devil hates man. Glory to God. So the next question is, is God's purpose defeated? That's the next question. Is this purpose defeated? Glory to God. The answer is that no. But it has been refined. Watch this. So what God decided to do when the devil did what he did by deceiving Eve and, you know, the Adam also yielded to that temptation. He committed high treason and man fell. The devil thought that was it. I have gotten man. Glory to God. Little wonder they didn't know. You see, there is a dimension of God. It's just his dimension. He's an all-knowing God. He had visited that place. He had seen that man would have a right to choose. And he says, this man, if he chooses the devil, I love him so desperately that I will not let him go. And right in the beginning, because if it did not happen in the foundation of the world, it can't happen in time. 
It would have been the devil's joker against God. Amen. Are you listening to me? But now, before the foundation of the world, the Lamb of God was slain. You see that? And why was that done? That I have prepared a sacrifice for man. Paradventure he falls. Are you listening to me? There is a sacrifice already. The devil did not know that. That was part of the hidden mysteries. It was unknown. So the devil felt man was doomed. Man was doomed. Glory to God. The devil thought man was doomed. That man was doomed forever. <laughs> Little did he know that God had gone past that level. Glory to God. So God had a joker. In that sense, permit me to use that word. Amen. So watch this. I told you that plan has not been defeated. But there is some form of adjustment that God has made to the plan. So what has happened now? Now in the plan, because man fell, God decided to use the same man. In other words, because when you say man, man is primarily the essence of his spirit, is the spirit that has a soul, Okay? But the personality of man sits in his soul. God says, I love the man I've created. So watch this. What I'm going to do is that I'm going to use man for recreation. I'm going to use this same man to form another new man. Watch it. Because the first man had failed. You remember that? Already, this body came under, you know, what we call, um, it was just going to go back to, 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 to soil. It will be destroyed because death has come. True sin, death came. Hallelujah. So death, remember Jesus said death is the last enemy. It is an enemy. It has come. And because the enemy was able to push man up to the point of death, he felt that was the hand. But that is why the Bible says that death is swallowed up in victory. Hallelujah. The devil did not know that death could be swallowed up. How possible is that? He thought death was the end of it. But death is not. Glory to God. God in his infinite mercies. God in his awesome majesty. He was wiser. Wiser than the devil. Glory to God. So what God is doing right now is that he's using that man, his soul. And that's why the soul of man is so precious. He's using the soul of man to recreate another new being. So that this new being, okay, will now go and fulfill God's purpose on a new heart. Never forget it. I'll say it again. God is in a business right now. He's in a business of recreation. What business is he in? Recreation. And he says, I love this man that I've formed so much. You know, God could have said, man has failed. My plan that I had for him, he fell short of it. Let me do away with man. What does it cause God to destroy every man on the face of the earth? What does it cause God? Amen. But it will cost him his love. Bible says, for God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have what? Everlasting life. Ayah. That is deep. He so loved man 
that he said, no, I'm not going to do away with this being. Yes, there will be a recreation. Yes, my purpose cannot be defeated. But I'm going to use this same man to create a new man that will live on the new head. Someone say amen to that. And that's what this whole thing is about. Hallelujah. And the devil says, okay, you want to use this same man for a new creation? I want to see how that is going to be possible. And that's the battle we are in right now. A number of people have taken Christianity as religion. No, it is not. Amen. It's a new life. Watch the words of Jesus. Jesus talks like, I have come that you might have life. <laughs> Don't you understand? That listen, man was dead. He was separated from God. Amen. Amen. Let me use this opportunity to let you know that death is separation from life. We'll still get there in the course of this teaching. So man was dead. He was separated from God. And because he was separated from God, he was death doomed to be separated from the physical life. Amen. Amen. And afterwards, go somewhere and await judgment. But Jesus changed the factor. That whosoever believes in him will not perish. But have what? Everlasting life. Why is Jesus not coming back the second time now? Because we need more creations. We need more new creations. Don't you get it? We need more new creations. And that's why the passion of God is salvation of souls. A number of us have gotten it wrong. It's not, say, listen, it's not, about, it's not about you. It's not about me in that sense. It's about his purpose. And the earlier we understand that this is all about his purpose, the better for us. And let me say this. By adventure, you are under the sound of my voice. And you are still the old man. A man that existed under Adam. You have not encountered Christ. Because when you encounter Christ, you will be recreated. Little wonder Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, is a new creature. Don't you understand? A new creature. Jesus put it this way. Hallelujah. In the book of John chapter 3 and verse 3, he was talking to Nicodemus. He said, Nicodemus, don't you understand these things? Except a man be born again. Born again. Newness. You've been born once after the order of Adam. It is time to be born again after the order of Christ. Now listen to me and listen carefully. The privilege of being born the first time is your access to being born again. And that's why abortion is very terrible. You are not allowing these children to find expression in time. They won't have the privilege of a new creation. Don't you understand? Give life to that child. Because if you are not born the first time, you can't be born the second time. It's the sole privilege of existing Adamic men to be born again. Are you getting the picture? And that's why it looks like God is so slack. He's just watching people. He's, he's in the business of recreation. He wants more. See, those of us that get born again now, that are those that have been born, we are the ones that we live on the new earth. And going by the books is a massive place. Our number is not yet enough. And that's why God is calling you. Let's get into the business of souls. It's not about money. It's not about videography. It's not about 
Queen's English. It's about souls. Recreate more people. God is in the business of recreation, beloved. Do you understand it? Hallelujah. So see what God is doing. God is raising a new species of man that will live on the new earth. Have you read your Bible? And Bible talks about in the book of Revelation, I believe the last chapter, how that the new heaven and the new earth, yea, will emerge. Revelation 21 and verse 1. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. Were passed away. And who will be the being on the new earth? Is the Christ man. Understand it. Glory to God. You have understanding in Jesus name. Let me show you. A mystery. I want to talk to you about the missing generation. Hallelujah. What did I call it? The missing generation. Now, if you look at scriptures, ever since man fell, one thing had been certain, even though man did not see it. Let me, let me, let me give it this way for you. It's like... Um, there are enemies in your town or where you live, in your locality. And these enemies are wolves. You see that? And these wolves are ready to swallow any child they see on the street. And the parent does everything. He says, my child, don't go out. And the child says, mommy, why won't you let me explore now? Why won't you let me explore? Say, don't go out. Outside is dangerous. Stay here until we are able to conquer these enemies. Then, this environment will be safe for us all. Then the child says, I have heard. And sees that mommy is busy with something, and the child sneaks out. Hallelujah. Most definitely, this child will be attacked by the wolf. True or false? Will that be the fault of the mother? Is it because the mother does not love the child? Amen. But it's just that the wolf is out there. So is it with believers today. The devil is out there. God is saying, don't do this. Don't go there. At least for this time, that we, this earth will pass away. That will accomplish my mission on this earth. A new earth is coming. You will experience this true liberty without any hindrance. Without, there will be no enemy. Don't you understand? And the child of God said, no, no, I want to explore life. I want to explore. What are you exploring? You want to explore life by fornicating? You want to explore life by drinking? You want to explore life by stealing? Oh, no. It's contrary to this new life we are talking about. From the time man fell, God has been in the business of restoring man. And not just restoring man, the business of recreating man. Glory to God. He would just let us go. Love will not give up on us. Can you imagine in the garden, after they ate the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, in God's mercy, God said, that was the first place it was shown. God said that Ha! Huh. Man should not put forth his hand and also take the tree of life and eat and live forever. Do you know what that means? That means that if man will eat of the tree of life in that falling state, that will be his state forever. That tree of life is the tree of permanence of nature. So in his love, he said, what will I do? I need to, I still have a rescue plan for man. I won't let him destroy it. Because if man had taken that tree and ate, there was nothing God could do about it again. Man was gone forever. The window period 
was that man had not eaten of that tree of life. Guess what God did? God sent man out of that garden, the garden of Eden. Oh my God. The day the Holy Spirit opened my eyes to this scripture, I was weeping, I was shouting, I was dancing, I was rejoicing all at the same time. All emotions. And do you know what God did? He drove man out of that garden. And he placed cherubims and a flaming sword to turn man away, to keep man away from the tree of life. Brethren, daughters of Zion, the tree of life is on this earth. I think about it now. Was it not in the garden of Eden? But no man can see it in his infinite mercies. In his infinite mercies, in his declaration on the devil, he put something. He said the seed of the woman will do what? Huh? Will crush his head. The seed of the woman will crush the head of the devil. That was our victory. Do women have seed? It was a prophecy. Men are the seed carriers. But he says the seed of the woman. What was she saying? One that is coming, not out of the loins of any Adamic man. Look at it. The missing generation. Matthew chapter 2, chapter 1. Let's start the book from verse 1. Now everybody open your Bible. Hallelujah. Now the book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Hallelujah. Now go down to verse 16. Let me see. Amen. And the um, Bible says, go to verse 17. So all the generations from Abraham to David were how many? 14 generations. And from David up to the carrying away into Babylon, how many generations? And from carrying away into Babylon unto Christ, are how many generations? So the Lord told me, I remember, he told me to study the book of Matthew. And I spent almost, I don't know how many months, studying just the Matthew chapter 1. So when I started, after that instruction, and I saw the book of Matthew. How many of you have read the book of Matthew before? Anytime God tells me to study the book of Matthew, let me confess. I start from Matthew 2. Because you will now start reading, and this one begat, this one, and began be begat, and then he begat, 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 begat. I'm like, and this begat. So on this particular occasion, the Lord said, go back to Matthew 1. What I want to show you is in Matthew 1, and it's the missing generation. Hallelujah. So I sat down with it. So when I came across Matthew 1, 17, so all the generations from Abraham to David, 14, from David to carrying away in Babylon, 14, then from carrying away in Babylon unto Christ, 14. I thought, okay, let me count. There is no harm in counting, so let's count. Are we ready? Abraham, one, begat Isaac. Isaac begat Jacob. Jacob begat Judas. Judas begat Pharis and Zara of Tamar. And Pharis begat Eshrom. And Eshrom begat Aram. And Aram begat Aminaba, Aminadab. Aminadab begat Nassim. And Nassim begat Salmon. And Salmon begat Boaz of Rechab. And Boaz of and Boaz begat Obed of Ruth, 12. And Obed begat Jesse. And Jesse begat David. How many? 14. What did the Bible tell us? 14 generations. Mark that correct. Then it says from David to the carrying away in Babylon, another 14. Good. We have counted David before, so we won't count him again. So David begat Solomon. Solomon begat Roboam. Roboam begat Abia. Abia begat Asa. Asa begat Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat begat Joram. 
Joram begat Oziah. Oziah begat Joatam. Joatam begat Akaz. Akaz begat Ezekiah. Ezekiah begat Manasses. And Manasses begat Amon. And Amon begat Josiah. Josiah begat Jeconiah and his brethren. Huh? 14. At the time of the carrying away to Babylon. Is that correct? Wow, hallelujah. Let's mark that correct. Okay, so let's start again. We have counted Jeconiah before, so we won't count him again. So Jeconiah now, after they were brought, you know, to Babylon, Jeconiah begat Salatiel. Salatiel begat Zorobabel. Zorobabel begat Abiud. Abiud begat Eliakim. Eliakim begat Azor. Azor begat Sadok. Sadok begat Akim. Akim begat Eliud. Eliud begat Eliazar. Eliazar begat Matan. Matan begat Jacob. Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary. And Joseph begat Jesus, who is called Christ. Where is the missing generation? Amen. Amen. There is a missing generation. Good. So today we want to find the missing generation. Then he bothered me. I've never found Bible to be untrue. Where is the 42nd generation? Because 14 plus 14 plus 14 should be 42. Bible accounted for 41. Where is the missing generation? Have you counted it before? You've not. Has God told you to study Matthew before? Oh, yeah, confess. I took my own confession. So where is the 42nd generation? And my heart began to search. And guess what happened? Isaiah chapter 53. Isaiah 53. Let's start the reading from verse 1. What believe thy report, and to whom is the harm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of a dry ground. And he hath no form, no comeliness, and we shall see him, and no beauty that we should desire him. Next verse. He is despised and rejected of men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we eat as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. Please, who is the Bible talking about here? Jesus. What generation was Jesus? 41st generation. We all counted it. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord had laid on him the iniquity of us all. Ah, He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before a shearer's is dumb. So he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And what? Who shall declare his generation? Isaac declared the generation of Abraham. You remember? David declared the generation of Jesse. Who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. Bible says, who shall declare his generation? The missing generation. Little wonder, Bible says, a seed will serve him. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Psalm 22 and verse 30. A seed shall serve him. And it will be accounted to the Lord for... It shall be accounted to the Lord for... 
That's the missing generation. It says a seed shall serve him. That seed is Jesus Christ. You remember Abraham and his seed. In the book of Galatians chapter 3, Bible says, and the seed is what? Is Christ. And a seed shall serve him. And it will be accounted unto the Lord, what? For a generation. I said, Lord, what are you saying? He said the 42nd generation are they that are born of Christ and in Christ. Amen and amen. amen. Listen carefully, I'm going somewhere. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ. the 42nd generation is the in Christ generation. If any man be in Christ, is what? A new creature. The Lord told me, he said in executing his plan to restore man, he began with Abraham. Matthew chapter 1 is a prophetic scripture. Too prophetic. The plan started with Abraham, you remember. God called Abraham out of his father's house and he made him a man of faith. So that through faith, Abraham became the righteousness of God. He was a template of what he would do later by his seed. And so it was important that Abraham would get righteousness not by obeying the law, but by faith in God. The in Christ generation is a faith generation. You see that? Glory to God. Now go back to Matthew chapter 1 and verse 17. Then the Lord told me to come back here. He says, so all the generations from Abraham to David were 14 generations. He said, read scriptures well. And from David unto the carrying away into Babylon are 14 generations. And from carrying away into Babylon unto Jesus, unto Jesus, unto Jesus, not unto Jesus, is unto Christ. Unto Christ are 14 generations. We are the faith generation. We are the in Christ generation. We are the 42nd generation. The missing generation has been found in him. Hallelujah. Unto Christ. And that's where when you hear Christ, shake your shoulder. Eminombawi. We are the in Christ generation. And take note of something about this generation. Something about this generation. We are a peculiar people. And you know what thrills me about this generation? Is that from when the first man believed on Jesus Christ and the in Christ generation started, up to when everything will be wind up, we all belong to one generation. We all. We all belong to what? One generation. Pastor Yi Adeboye. Pastor Kenneth Egan. Apostle Ayobabalola. We belong to one generation. The in Christ generation. This is a generation of people that are carriers of the life of God. We are no ordinary people. We are the only ones under heaven that carry God on our inside. No other being can lay claim to that. We are a holy generation. Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9, it says you 
are the chosen generation. There is something about the 42nd generation. We are the chosen generation. The only generation that is royal priesthood. Both royalty and priesthood sits in our generation. We are a holy. Someone say holy. Holy. We don't, we don't, we don't chew on sin. Mm -mm. We are a holy nation. We are a peculiar people. Aya. That we should do what? Show forth the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Oh, glory to God. Amen and amen. amen. And with this generation, God is wrapping it up. Because when the trumpet will sound, only this generation will answer. The trumpet sound is for the 42nd generation. And we all should rise right now and hear the call of God. It says, join me in this business of recreating more souls, recreating more men. One passion of God is souls. the reason he calls his children. The reason for the call, the call is not about showing our faces. No! Don't you get it? The call is not about I also want to be known. No! It's about the purpose of the Father. All this will be wrapped up shortly. Amen! But only one generation will answer to the call of the trumpet. What are you doing about your dad, your mom, your siblings, your neighbors, your colleagues at work? And that's why we should cease from just talking about what these people are doing wrong. Don't you get it? The nature in them is the nature of sin, beloved. They need help. They don't know it. Though something within them is searching for what they don't know. And they try all sorts thinking that will solve it. But yet their hearts are still empty. Why? Because man came out of God. Man can only desire God. Hallelujah. It is time for us to arise. And that's why the call of God is coming to every woman. It is time to begin to take our place. And listen. All those that came into Christ ever before we were born. And we that are living right now. And everyone that we bring into Christ. We are all the 42nd generation. Bring them in. The 40 second generation is a type, or should I say there is a type of it in scriptures. The type of it is like the hack of Noah. If you don't enter into Christ just like the hack, a destruction is coming on the world. We can't keep taking this with levity. The church cannot keep getting distracted with worldliness. Jesus is beckoning. He's standing. He says, no, don't you get it? It's about the big plan of the Father. Hallelujah. And when God said in the book of Genesis chapter 1 and verse 18, give me that scripture. He says, God blessed them. And God said unto them, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, have dominion. 
The dominion that God gave to man is not something he's going to waste away. And God is charging you today. What are you doing about the purpose and the plan of God? What are you doing about the big picture? A number of us have reduced Christianity to do's and don'ts. We've reduced Christianity to a matter of culture. Beloved, Christianity is not our culture. Christianity is the life of God. In a newly created spirit, finding expression through his soul and body. That's Christianity. When people first named the word Christians, they came across a species of men. And they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Not because of a way of, of, of talking or walking or dressing in that sense, but a way of manifestation. They revealed God to their world. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Now, peradventure you are under the sound of my voice and maybe you were born into a Christian family. And all your life, you've just been around the Christian folk. You've never at one time or another said, Ah, Jesus, you are the Lord of my life. I may not be able to guarantee that you have entered into the in Christ generation. Quietly where you are, I want you to say today, and say, oh God, I thank you. Because you alone have the power and ability to save me. Or peradventure, you've been born again in the past, but somehow something happened. You disconnected from the source of life. I will tell you the source of God's life is his word. Amen. It's just like a human being that refuses to eat food. You see that? The human life will begin to drain off that person. If you are a child of God, you refuse to hit the word. The life of God will begin to drain off. And before you know it, the flesh can take over. Say, not me. Peradventure, you are delved into that area. Jesus is calling you back right now. And he wants me to say to you that, daughter, I've been waiting for you. Now is your moment. You have a place in this plan. You have a place. There is an assignment for you in this purpose and plan of the Father. Hallelujah. So bow your heads wherever you are and say, oh God. Oh, oh God. Oh God. You alone have the power and the ability to save me. For those who have been saved before, you have the power and ability to forgive me. Now, you that are just coming in for the first time, you know, just say right now, say, Lord, I believe in my heart that you raised Christ from the dead. I confess with, your, with my mouth that Jesus Christ is the Lord of my life. Say it. Say, Jesus Christ is the Lord of my life. Beloved, give him praise because you are saved. Hallelujah. It's a supernatural miracle. You come out of the Adamic man, you become the in Christ man. Amen and amen. All glory to Jesus. And for you who are backslidden at one point or another, it is time for you to ask God to forgive you. He says he is just and faithful to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Ask for his forgiveness and confess again that Jesus Christ is the Lord of your life. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Wow, this is a good place to start refining today. Amen and amen. I believe everyone on board is born again. 
this is our take-off point. Let me just say that um, we are still taxing. Join me the same time next week, and we'll delve into the flight. I believe you have been blessed today. Amen and amen. Did you hear anything? Let me know what blessed you from today's teaching. You can post it on your family circle page. Hallelujah. And the representatives can post on the main page. I want to know what blessed you. All right. So next week, we are going to be going into the subject of ministry. Ah, yeah. You don't want to miss it. Hallelujah. Be there. And please ensure you come very early. Amen. So join me tomorrow. We are going to have our vigil at exactly 12 midnight. Amen. 12 midnight to 12.30. And on Monday, we'll be taking the first seminar. And um, please, let me make this announcement. Get your books, okay? Um, the first book to get is Five M's of Ministry by Pastor Shegun Baji. That's the first book we will be reading. So please ensure you get that book and let's begin to read it. Hallelujah. You will never be the same again. I'm so excited. Amen. All right, let's quickly have a word of prayer as we close today's class. Father, we thank you for your presence in our midst. Thank you, Father, for utterance this day. Thank you for touching us. Thank you for showing us your word. Thank you for opening us up, oh God, into the awareness of your purpose and your plan. Lord, we say be exalted in Jesus' name. We pray, oh God, that as we continue in the refined, your glory will keep intensifying and your power will be revealed in our midst in Jesus' name. Thank you so much, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Come on, shout hallelujah. Bye-bye. See you next week. God bless you.